finished Dynamite. Yeah. That was cool. Take yes. and Paige Van Sant makes perfect sense. 100%. Makes, yeah, I can't wait for that. That I actually get, I'm actually excited for that. It's a good first match for uh, Paige Van Sant. They actually both know how to fight. So they build the match around that and no hoopla. It's, I think this should be fine. And Tay Conti just has superstar written all over her. So um, yeah. that I'm I'm actually interested in that. And Tay Conti is like a competent wrestler too. Like she's not the greatest in the world, but like she's competent. So Paige Van Zandt is very new. So Tay Conti can kind of help her out and stuff like that. So, but yeah. with, with Brandy, like she, Brandy's not that good. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been about building Paige Zan. It wouldn't have been about building Van Zan. It just would have been about jerking off the Rhodes family. But and also, Tay Conti, although she's not the greatest psychologist in the world, the fact that she was so worried about Sammy, that added to the psychology of the match. Her, she was great on ringside because you actually like, oh, shit, she's like reacting to everything. Right. Like, I, I thought, yeah, the night to me event was awesome. I'm, it was cool that Scorpio Sky won. That was awesome. Yeah, and, you I know. I expect that. And you can... You can it, like this adds to a lot of things, right? Um, I think Scorpio Sky, like the writing was on the wall for this for him to win this. I think, yeah, um, long time coming. And now Wardlow oh, yeah, is going to wait for Cody to leave. What you oh yeah, saying? so yeah, so Wardlow's going to face him, and um, now MJF can cost Wardlow the match, and they can lead to MJF and Wardlow, which would be great business. So anyway, it's the Wrestling Caucus. I'm Peter Ang. I'm Smiley Ariaga. And today we're going to be recapping AEW Revolution 2022. I know last week I promised we'll talk about, you know, Lesnar and a decade of his second run in WWE. But um, we're going to do that next week. And right now we really want to talk about just Evolution. So, uh, Smiley, um, you start, pick a match that you kind of want to discuss from the show. Uh, well, I guess the first one we saw was Kingston and Jericho. That was really good. It was like very like uh, like classic like Japanese uh, style match. Obviously, Eddie Kingston is a huge fan of Masawa and Kawada. All the pillars. <laughs> Sorry, I was just drinking a uh, ginger ale. All the pillars of uh, of like Noah, like an like a his, all Japan. His inspiration, yeah, all Japan. Sorry about that. His influences come from there. So like uh, all, all of that came out in this match. It was, it was awesome. It was like straight to the point. No, none of like the hoopla that I don't, that I usually dislike from a lot of Jericho's recent stuff. Like it had none of that here. It was just like to the point. It was really good. Yeah. And you know, it adds to the story of the match. Kingston didn't want any mimosa, any dinner debonair. He didn't want none of that. So it was interesting because he and Kingston also told Jericho, um, you know, I want the Jericho that had the respect of one of my heroes, Tenru. And I think it's great that he channeled the the 90s all Japan pillars. He used the Kobashi's chops, chops, um, uh, Kawada's finish, and it was just it was really good. And you know, he's dressed as he's dressed as um like he used Misawa's colors in previous matches. I think the match against Moxley had a full yeah, gear. Yeah, he used the green, like, for Yeah, Masawa. so, um, yes, this is a really good match. Like, Kawada, actually, now. Like, yeah. It, 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 normally, it's, like, yellow and black for him. Yeah, it was really good, and uh, simple match, simple story, and uh, the follow-up, oh, man, when, when Jericho didn't shake his hand, and then this promo, because recording this after after the, the, the Dynamite, after Revolution, then, it was just, man, I think that promo 
the Eddie Kingston promo has so much emotion and Jericho's, it was just really good. And Jericho said he earned his respect, but then Jericho showed his colors as an asshole and everything. And then betrayed some 10 I'm just glad the inner circle's gone, but that's another conversation for another day. So, um, two matches that I want to talk about uh, first are the, the two women's matches, right? Let me explain, right? Jade Cargill, Tay Conti, TBS title, and Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, world women's title. Now, these two matches, right, um, especially with, like, Tay Conti and Jade Cargill, the match was very simple. It was right to the point. Number one, Jade Cargill is very new. She's still learning, but she's come a long way. But the thing is, a match, someone like her, who's a big killer, right, doesn't need to be in there that long. Just get in there and get out. And that's exactly what they did. It was a, it was perfect. But Ty, no, not Ty, Conti, um, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, two more experienced wrestlers, went out there and tried to do the most and it just kind of fell flat. And it was, they were in a, you know, I'm kind of conflicted about this, the whole thing, like, okay, yes, they came off, they came right after MJF and CM Punk, which we'll talk about. Um, yes, it was a dead spot. However, I think this was a chance to just get in and get the fuck out. Tell a simple story. Don't try to, don't try to out wrestle each other. I don't think just get in there and just tell a really simple story because again, what we saw on dynamite, um, there's going to be a cage match because Brit's friends keep running in and whatever, which is fine. But I, I I think they could have just kept this match very simple, shave at least five minutes off of it. And I think they, they would have accomplished more in that regard. I don't know. Well, uh, I, I agree because like the thing is, well, specifically, oh well, yeah, I did like take Conti and Jay Cargill. Like it, it was like to the point, and like it, it, yeah, it was, like you said, it was, it was very like uh, everyone did what they needed to do to get it over. The thing about with uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa is that like uh, what really stood out to me with this match is that like uh, especially when they're doing the strike exchange, the strike exchanges, it really came apparent to me, man. Britt Baker is not known for her offense. Uh, you know, she's known for her personality. She's known for having tougher people beat up people for her. That's her character. She has Jamie Hayter. She beats, she's the tough person. She beats people up for her. When Thunder Rosa was throwing strikes, obviously she's like MMA trained, boxing trained and stuff like that. Her strikes look great. Britt Baker's strikes don't look all that great. Um, and when, yeah, like they were trying like, well, specifically, you know, Britt was trying things that didn't necessarily look good. I think this, at least to me, this match would have came off better if Thunder Rosa was the one who was on offense and, you know, beating the crap out of the cowardly heel while Jamie Hayter or Rebel or Reba, you know, distract or at least try to get in the way. And Thunder and like Britt Baker would get one over on Thunder Rosa, but instead they tried. I don't know. I guess it looked like they were going back and forth, and like you know, like I said, yeah, Thunder Rosa's offense looks great. Thunder Rosa is known for she has a lot of personality, obviously, but she's also known for just being really good in the ring. Britt Baker is known for her personality, at least to me. So like I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of Britt's offense in this match. It kind of 
some of it looked a little like i yikes uh, yeah they could have just kept it simple <laughs> shave five minutes off and uh you said thunder rosa should just beat on her beat on it beat on her and then then brit's friends get involved distract thunder rosa and then Britt Baker uses some cutting, uses very underlying tricks, maybe a low blow or something. Uh, maybe, I don't know, brass knuckle. I don't know what the hell. I'm very Whatever. looking forward to their cage match, though. I'm looking sure. That. Yeah, but they could have kept that match simpler. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, what else you got? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, for this match or for, for, or for, for what else in the card? Yeah, pick another match uh, from the card that you want to talk about. I... We're not gonna go through the whole like card. The main but, event. Yeah. I did like I I I did like I did like the main event. Like it, it was a good match, and, and I feel bad for saying this, but man, a I know it's the world title match, but man, after that CM Punk and MJF match, oh no, wait, no, okay, Danielson and Danielson and Moxie was great. Danielson and Moxie was really dope because there's another match. It was to the point. They beat the crap out of each other and blooded each other. But one thing I didn't expect that I'm really happy happened was Regal, William Regal showing up afterwards. And at first, like, wait, what is, is he going to be like an official in AEW? But then it, like, I don't know why I didn't get this. Like w- when we got home, it clicked to me. Wait a minute. He's going to be the freaking manager. Oh my, like, yo, that's perfect. And I love the promo that William Regal cut tonight, but you know, regarding revolution, man, I, I really liked the uh, Moxley and Danielson I like I said it's another match I even though I like this match more than Paige and Cole more than the Adams match <laughs> man uh I, as much as I love Danielson and Moxley that should have went before Punk and MJF was Punk, Punk and MJF was the main event to me because my god that match was freaking awesome like I don't remember every move they did which because it didn't matter the story they told and that they beat the ever living crap out of each other and even though even though I'm not the most familiar with CM Punk's uh, Ring of Honor career I thought it was really cool how he came out to his old Ring of Honor entrance because he told MJF if you want the old CM Punk like you know pretty much it uh, you know a more threatening version of Jeff Jarrett saying you wanted the real CM Punk well. You got, you, got him. Him. you got you, you, you got him. you got you got ROH CM Punk and you got him. Yep. man you see that was so cool yeah i want to touch on i want to touch on the dog collar match but i do want to touch on uh Danson and Moxie too because it, they told a great story right cuz again pro wrestling is all about telling a story but you don't have to tell the same story but you tell a story that's interesting right and there's a lot of different types of matches that warranted different kinds of storytelling so for this match you know Danison wanted to team with Moxley. Moxley was like, listen, I'm not going to team with nobody unless we bleed together. And what do they do? They fucking bled. And what was Brian Danielson's whole thing in, you know, the last few weeks, he wants to teach people about violence. And this is how, you know, you have so many stars on your hands. First of all, when these two locked started, you know what the crowd was chanting? We want violence. I have never heard (laughs) that. I haven't heard that from like they said we want violence. I don't remember that. They I was like, yo, they got him. That's cool. They got him. I'm like, I don't you don't really see that kind of stuff anymore on, on like a major on a big platform. I'm like, wow. So there is 
people really want professional wrestling. Like it's just crazy. It's almost as if it's almost as if violence makes professional wrestling entertaining and not the flips that you do. No, like, look, I, I don't mind. Flips are cool, right? Flips are cool. You know, again, whatever, you know, it's, it's all about storytelling, whatever story you're trying to tell. But in this case, it was about violence. And that's what they gave us. And these men were bloodied. And then Regal comes in. Oh, forget it. It's a must-see. Must-see. Wow. Just, like, after, you know what's funny? Like, when this show was over, I was like, okay, the show was long again, another four-hour show. But it, I, one, I felt like I got my money's worth. I was like, oh, my God, so much happened. This happened and that happened. I'm like, wow. But, okay, so let me talk about the, let's talk about the world title match, right? Adam Cole and Hangman. Great. Two Adams have a long history of, with each other. And it was, it, was, it was a great match. I loved it. Yes. A lot of people, including myself, okay, the world title was not exactly the most anticipated match on this card. Now, I that is not as... I it was going to happen. Right. To me, it, I'm a glass half full kind of person, right? So I think it's because, one, it's not like people weren't looking forward to that. There's just a lot of star power in, in AEW. And this card had a lot of star power. Moxley, Danielson. Um, you had the Young Bucks on the card. You had uh, Hangman himself, Adam Cole himself. And, of course, MJF and CM Punk, who is arguably the biggest star they got now. But I will say this. I'm glad that Hangman and Adam Cole was the main event. Because if you look at... CM Punk in AEW. He has yet to main event a pay-per-view. All out, he didn't main event against with Darby. Full gear, he didn't main event against Kingston. And now we're at Revolution, and he didn't main event. But he did win all those matches. Now, if since he won, and he's, he said he's wanted the world title, right? And all of the AEW pay-per-views, what's the main event? The world freaking title. So yeah. CM Punk has earned something, right? He has earned, to me, to everybody, the main event. You are the biggest star in the company, and you've won all your pay-per-view matches. You've yet to main event the show. To me, if MJF and CM Punk main event the show, what do you have to work for now? You already are the main event. You know what I mean? Like, if you you won all those matches, you won a big, brutal, dark hall match, now, the one thing you haven't done yet, you haven't main evented an AEW pay-per-view for the World Championship. There is something for you to obtain. There's something for us to get behind CM Punk to, you know, there's another goal for him to, to achieve. I don't know. That, that's my thing. No, I agree, because here's the thing. When I said that, yo, we, you know, maybe CM Punk probably should have been the main event instead of uh, Adam Cole, Adam Page. That, to I guess I, I was trying to say that maybe since CM Punk is the biggest star in the company, I like Adam Page, but I kind of feel like he's keeping that title warm for Punk. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? And that's, that's not anything against Hangman because Hangman... It's not. I love the guy. I do. He's great. But, uh, you no, know... Yeah, yeah. His title reign was being built... Right, you know, okay, they were building for Hangman to win the title, but then CM Punk and Brian Danielson came into the company, so I was like, yep. "Ooh, 
man oh that's right uh oh wait where's adam page? oh yeah adam page is uh yeah he's uh he's gonna get the title right uh but CM- the thing is like when cm punk and danielson came into the company i'm like oh shit we got uh, <laughs> we got really you got real big stars now it doesn't mean adam page isn't a star but of course not and man. adam page <laughs> if adam page goes to war with cm punk look see Dan- uh page beat he went to war with brian danielson Hangman has credibility. You know, he has tons of credibility. If he goes to war with CM Punk and loses, he's not going to be a geek, right? He's not. He's going to get a lot yeah. of respect and he's going to he's going to to me he's going to he's going to get to that next next level, you know, because again, yeah, you're the champion, but you know, you, you, this is your first time in 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 like a main event kind of pool. So, I'm interested to see where all this is is going to go, but um uh, I definitely want to talk about um the dark color match. Right. So you, you've brought it up. So let, let's just talk about it. I think this was a masterclass in storytelling. This is how to do a blow off blood program. This was old school wrestling. That's what they established because this was like a callback to, um, you know, Greg Valentine and Piper from Starcade, the first Starcade, their famous Dark Harlem match, and MJF's whole thing as that. He is very old school and he studies tape and he was a fan of CM Punk. It's just, oh, there's so many layers to this and it was just, it was just so well executed. And again, you know, uh, MJF's whole thing is, you know, CM Punk, you, you're not what you used to be. You're PG Punk. And then CM Punk's like, yeah, you want that old CM Punk? Be careful what you wish for, homie. Look what we got. Oh, it was brilliant. It was just brilliant. Oh, no, like, and like I've criticized older AEW feuds for, you know, starting a feud with a war games match and then like building to a, a normal one-on-one match. But this, it, it started like it, it, everything. It kind of, pe- it was, it was like an onion. Everything, the, the layers were peeled back. It was, it was by. traditional. It was yes. old school. And that's, again, that's another, you know, it's not the only way to do it, but it's a way to do it. And they knocked it out of the park. It was a home run. It was, it was just unbelievable. And again, it also furthers the storyline between MJF and Wardlow. A lot of layers and there's a lot of th- i like this kind of stuff that we can talk about here a lot of like we're not like armchair booking right like but we're you know, just things t- that make sense yeah we're talking about things that have been established on the show you know because i feel like a lot of times when we talk about certain things in, in wrestling today it's like you know i don't want to put wwe on the bus but with wwe it's like a lot of stuff we talk about is like what they could happen under the bus. This- it's fine this could happen, but this may happen. This could no. We're we're analyzing things that actually are have been established, and if you know what I mean, it's it's really nuanced and it's very interesting. So yeah, the dark color match was was just a war, and man, just go out of your way to watch it. If if they still have the replay, if you haven't seen it, it's worth the forty nine ninety nine. Even though it's just make sure you take um, you know, carve out four hours <laughs> in your in your day. Um, all or right. you just skip to like you know the dog collar match, but oh, you hey, just well, pick and choose some, some. You know, stuff. like uh, it's a good show. Some yeah, some things you can skip. Yeah, but if you got four else to kill, why not? But anyway, any other match you you want to discuss? Uh, I had to think. I got to. What else was on the card? Um, uh, the triple threat tag match. I didn't really care for because it, it was just. I'm sorry. Look, listen. And, and like I, I kind of I you, you know like uh, I've how I feel about the Young Bucks like uh, like look, they're great wrestlers. They do like the Meltzer Driver is a great finish. 
but the thing is, and I was watching Dynamite tonight, like I, I get that there's drama going on with uh, Red Dragon and the Bucks and Adam. To me, at least, compared to like all the other drama going on, like with Kingston and Jericho and with Wardlow and MGF, compared to that, th- those things, all the drama with the Young Bucks and Red Dragon and Adam, it just... It just feels maybe being too harsh. It just feels kind of like you know, like Drake and Josh. Like, oh, you're 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 being mean to me. No, no, they're being mean. Adam and Adam literally. Adam Cole's like, guys, can we stop arguing, please? Like, it just it comes across like schoolyard shit compared to the other cool stuff that's going on in the show. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's hard think... to take, and like mainly, and mainly like with the young books, it's hard to take them seriously sometimes because like you know they when they. When they try to come off a certain way, they, they, they to me, they kind of come off goofy. Like, you know, like very like, uh, ha ha, you know, that, that's just me though. I think, um, yeah, I think with, with uh, if they're going to do this right, yeah, there needs to be a little bit of an edge to this. And again, I the one thing I appreciate about the Young Bucks is I'm going to say this, you know, very lightly, the best way is, as I can, is that they know how to like, you know, they don't take themselves too seriously but i don't mean like yeah they're a bunch of loser geek dorks what i'm saying is they know how to like you know have a little fun and crack some jokes however um i think that if you're if you know if if they're going where i think they're going with this red dragon and bucks thing um i think again there needs to be a little bit of an edge there but we'll see how it plays out on tv and also, I will say this about that the, the the triple threat match. I thought again that match. This was like I think part of the story of the pay per view. There were some a lot of matches where guys were playing to their strengths. That's what they were doing with the, with the Bucks and the triple threat match. They were doing what they what everybody was doing what they were good at. What got them to the dance, and that's what I loved about it. There was a lot of spots, but a lot of spots done very well. Like do what you're good at, okay. You know, we were talking about Thunder Rosa and and um, Britt Baker, and they're not the only ones that are guilty of this. But like, I don't think they played to their strengths. You know, they just did the most for for nothing. You know, the Bucks are known for doing outlandish stuff, and they did it, and it was great. I don't know, but no, but like that's what yeah. I'm saying is like you know they're good. Like you know, you know, like that's what I'm saying. Like their strengths are like in ring. They do a lot of cool stuff. It's Nick Jackson especially. I, I Nick Jackson is awesome. Like watching him in the ring is great, but. When they're in like a storyline and they try to like, yeah, like they don't take themselves too seriously. But to me, like they don't take themselves seriously at all. Like, you know, it, to, like, to me, like at least like you saw in Dynamite, it, that skit, it just came off so, and I saying skit, like it, it just came off so goofy. It's just like, oh, he, like Adam is like, oh, I'm picking Red Dragon over you. And then they're walking away and like, you're like, shut up. And like Brandon Cutler's behind the camera and they're like, oh, shut up, Brandon. And then you hear like, Kyle O'Reilly go, we heard that, Brandon. Like, it's so, like, Nickelodeon. It's like, you know, and, and, like, I, I just I, I just got off watching Wardlow cut a great promo. A really good, like, this guy, like, I can take him, I believe Wardlow wants to win every belt. I don't believe the Young Bucks when they're, like, they, you know, it's like school, it's like, it's like, look, if we're watching Drake and Josh, they would be great villains, because that's the kind of tone that they set, to me at least. I don't know, man, being too hard. Some people, like, I don't know. Like I, like I said, in ring they're awesome, but it's just like when I, as like personalities to me, I don't take them that seriously. That's like the only probably 
I, you know, I, I don't know. I know. I know we're supposed to talk about that triple threat tag match, but it's just like that's what yeah, I can fine. think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sure. Fine. I will say this though. Um. Uh, when JY debuted, right? You know, Jay White was great, but I think before Jay White got into the picture, it was Rocky Romero. Uh, I think it was Rocky Romero by himself. Um, no, it was Rocky Romero. No, oh no, he and Trembretta, right? Okay, and then they 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 the Bucks jumped him, and then Matt Jackson looked into the camera, said, "For those of you watching at home, and I say this with me, BT trigger, lame, lame." Very lame. This is what I'm talking about. That's what I'm I, talking I don't like that at all. But when Jay White walked in, they do that a lot. They do when, that a lot. Yeah, when Jay White walked in, I was like, "Oh wow!" And he, you know, like this guy looked like a threat. But yeah, like they need a little bit more of an edge to their on-screen persona. Even though I've I was thoroughly entertained with, <laughs> with their with their whole thing. But yes, I do think yeah. Okay, so here's one thing I, we talked about this for uh, when we wrapped up Full Gear. And the length of, of the show, right? It was about four hours and change. And this show was close to four hours. We were exhausted. After, so did you feel like yeah, maybe they could have taken off a match or two or shaved the, a few, you know, uh, you know, took some time off some of the matches? Uh, I think they could have took some matches off and added more time or added certain time to matches that needed it. Or just yeah, you know, you know, honestly, yeah, like they could have cut off some like one or two matches, to be honest with you, maybe three. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I would have cut off the the. I was I liked the tornado tag between Sting, Darby, Sammy, and the HFO. I think they could have put that on as like a dynamite main event or a rampage main event. Um, they could have took this. We didn't need to. This show did not need to go four hours. No, it didn't. It did not. They should have taken off like at least five minutes from the women's tag match because you're coming off the crazy dog collar match. You're coming off of that. Like, you, like you, it's going to die either way. You're going to die either way. So that's like wrestling after, you know, it's not the same thing, but it's like a maybe in a similar pool, like Hogan and The Rock um, at WrestleMania 18, like no one's following that. Whoever is after that is already dead. So you gotta like you gotta get in and get the fuck out. So yeah, but again, no the length, yeah, they not all like okay. I kind of understand all double or nothing. I, like this year, this is the first time they're gonna be back in Vegas since the first <laughs> double or nothing. So if you go a little bit long, I can understand completely. But for Revolution, you, you could have taken off at least one or two matches. That, that's me. Off a whole hour to be honest. You could have shaved off a whole like hour. Yeah, yeah, and I think Jesus. that's safe. But overall, I I like I really enjoyed this show. I, no, I it liked it better show. than last year's though. But this show was really good. It was a great show. I again when when it was done, I was like, whoa, a lot of a lot of interesting shit happened. You know, I don't know. I thought it was really good. What'd you overall? What'd you think? I thought the show was great. Like, I, I, look, yeah, despite like like literally like uh, you know despite certain things like and they yeah they could have shaved off like a good amount of time like i didn't the show was awesome at no point look listen we we sat through four hour pay-per-views before that we were like oh my by 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 the second hour mark we were like geez louise i'm like and like there's two more hours left it didn't this show did not feel like that like it, it didn't the 
you know, like for the most part, it was awesome. Like, you know, so that's why the parts that were like, yikes, you know, were so apparent because everything else was pretty great. Like, and, and like, you know, regarding what you said about like, in terms of going on, like being in a dead spot, like you remember like in so, that year in SummerSlam when AJ Styles wrestled John Cena, mind you, there was no belts involved in that match. After that match, which was awesome, poor John Moxley, who was the WWE champion, had to follow that up by wrestling Dolph Ziggler. And the match what, died. What the hell? Yeah, what the hell do you think was going to happen? First of like, all, and you know what's also interesting? Not only did that match die, not only was that match going to die, it was for the WWE Championship, and it was for a match that nobody wanted to see. But that's a whole nother bag of worms. Is this but, an example of like, you know, yes, being in a I understand. Spot? Or like, or, or like the poor... Whatever poor pricks had to go on after Shawn Michaels and Undertaker in WrestleMania 25. Yeah, I don't even know. It's probably Kid Rock. Who knows? But anyway, um, but again, with the dead spot, like, okay. I, Jim Ross said to Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero was mad that him and Rey Mysterio went on first WrestleMania 21. Jim Ross told Eddie, listen, you guys go out there. Make sure, like, I'm, you, I'm paraphrasing. Make sure you guys be the match that people want to follow. Set the example. And Eddie Guerrero's like, you're right. And what do you know? Like, that match was, was you know, one of the best matches on that. It's Eddie Guerrero Rey Mysterio. Like, come on. But, yes, if you have two stars going at it and killing each other, whoever's coming after is going to suffer. But, anyway, this is a great show. Go out of your way to watch it if you haven't seen it yet. And we're going to wrap it up today on the Wrestling Caucus. I'm Peter A. I'm Smiley Ariaga. And next week we're talking Lesnar. Ten years of his second run in WWE. Make sure you can follow us on the socials uh, at the Wrestling Caucus, Instagram, at Wrestling Caucus, Twitter. And if you're still on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Wrestling Caucus. (laughs) Peace out. Later days and all that good stuff.